Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Y'all don't jump on me. Like, I don't know if it's an elephant in the room. Y'all are little women. You talked about competing with the boys. Y'all to compete with the boys. I know y'all are strong, but, like, y'all are little women. Like, I'm physically stronger naturally than y'all are. Like, do y'all, is, is that a disadvantage for y'all? Just genetics, y'all are women, and the men get taller, bigger, stronger. I'm just, don't hit me. <laughs> get on them, get them. A em. little bit, because I know coming from soccer, I didn't have the, the upper body strength to, like, pull a tire and roll it. So I went to, over to rave racing and practice over and over and over and over, and I ended up, like, understanding, like, okay, if I do this a certain way, I can be faster. Doing this a certain <laughs> way can be faster. Like, I don't need to be bench pressing 300 pounds. I can make up time in a different way. But, Chan, isn't, when you think about it, though, that's, it's the same in, in football, right? You know, you, both of you guys played linebackers. I mean, we want to be a good tire change. But you, guys are pretty much the, but you guys are pretty much the same. Like, you guys are both big, right? But the best athletes figure out, like, okay, what's my strength? I'm not fast so I'm not fast so I gotta you know I gotta be stronger I'm not strong so I'm gonna be faster I'm not tall so I gotta be shifty right or I gotta be more into my mind and you know gotta dive into the analytics and the understanding of the sport so it's kind of the same in all sports yeah also too like it's outside of the physical it's a a mindset thing yeah I was about to say that the personality of the position yes it's it's a mindset thing because you first of all you can't do anything without you believing it first To be the first wave, I would say, the first wave of female pit crew members, did you feel the inclusion? Like, was it a transition from being in the pit? All men for, you know, decades being in the pit. Did it take a transition time where you're just, you're just one of the pit crew now? Were you always that, or did it take time for everybody to get adjusted to what's going on? In my head, I was always just a pit crew member. I was coming in to do an opportunity, and now I, I understand how important diversity is and inclusion because organizations can't grow without it. If everybody's like the same and thinking the same and has the same ideas, like you're just stuck. But you bring in diversity and different backgrounds and different people, that's how you grow. It's very important to have diversity in NASCAR. Right. And um, 
you know, if it wasn't for Max Siegel and Coach Phil Horton of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program, we wouldn't be here because that's how we got our start. You know, they really make it their mission and their goal um, to go out recruiting and getting more, you know, diversity in the sport. Right. Because we don't, we don't have enough of that. Starting out in their season, they didn't really think of it as I'm trying to be diverse. They thought of it as I'm trying to compete. There might have been a little edginess in trying to compete against guys and showing that you can do it, but the diversity and the, the game changing and the trailblazing aspect of it probably came a little bit later as it relates to, if I think back when I came in, I didn't come in to be the first black of anything. I came in to remain a professional athlete right. in a niche that a lot of people didn't know about. And that's how we present it to the athletes that we see. You know, Delonda at Miami, when you yeah. showed up to that combine, you know, what was the first thing you were thinking in your mind? You know, like, right. what is this? Yeah, Coach Phil Harden sell it to me like something that could literally change my life for the better after uh, soccer and after university. And what you didn't know, Delanda, I was standing right next to Coach Horn when you walked up. Immediately, just your presence and the way you walked, you know, you, there was apprehension there and nervous, but if anybody could carry two tires or a tire, we were like, okay, this girl could do it. So, you know, he saw something in you then that you didn't even see in yourself, just like he saw in Brianna, just like he saw in Brianna. I know when I first got in the sport, you know, there's not even that many people that look like me, you know, and that bothered me. And um, I'm like, you know what, you know, opportunity came up. Uh, they came to my school when I was in Norfolk State, hosted a tryout. I went to the tryout. I'm playing like, basketball at the yeah, time. Yeah, I was playing basketball, point, guard, point guard, guard, shooting guard. I'm like, you know what, like, what, what do I have to lose? You know, cool opportunities like this don't come up every day. So I was like, let me just see what it is. Um, did good in the initial tryout. Phil Horton, man, that man is tough. It seems like he's ex-military. Like, right. he, he was on my ass, like, for real. Right. Yeah. Just me and him, like, you know, we bump, bumped heads a lot. But still he just, is. Yes, still bumping <laughs> right. heads. But he always said, like, I'm going to be on you. Because right. he wants to push me to my full potential. You guys came into this sport looking at the opportunity. You weren't thinking about NASCAR. NASCAR wasn't on your radar. Bubba Wallace, a couple weeks ago, he won the NASCAR Cup Series race for the very first time, right, in Talladega. And when I sat down with him, he said, I didn't get into sport to be the first black person. I got into sport because I love it, right? And it grew to understanding the responsibility and what it came with, right? So I think that's always interesting because as athletes, sometimes they throw you know, responsibility on us. And they say, you have to do this because you have a platform. You have to do this because you are the first, right? So I think that's a lot to carry at times, especially as a young athlete. And you have to grow into yourself. Like, how do you manage both? You know, just, I just want to compete. And also, you know, look, I have an opportunity to push the sport better, to push this country farther. Yeah, definitely. Like, when I got in the sport, I'm like, thinking like, I have a chance and opportunity to be able to change the perspective, you know, and even though it was hard for me to think about it that way back then, I'm like, you know, let me just see like, you know, how far I can go. So when I got invited in, you know, to, um, I went to the initial tryout when Coach Phil Horton, the Drive for Diversity program, came to our school, did good there. And then I got a call back probably like a few weeks later, getting invited to the National Combine. And then that's when there were like, what, I want to say between like 22 and 24 of us, like six women and then the rest were guys. Um, Bree was in that tryout with me too. We were the, uh, 
I would say the only two girls that were really focused, you know, and I, yeah. I knew off the bat, I'm like, if they select any women in here, it's going to be us two. Really? All the other <laughs> girls, you know, they're sitting there playing in the corner, and you could, you could just, <laughs> coach could see, you know, the yeah. seriousness, like, like, we really wanted to, like, right. for this to work out. He was like, you know, um, you guys, you know, there's like 20 of y'all here, but I'm only picking 10 of y'all to come back and train to be actual professionals. And that's everybody. Out of all of us, yeah, just men it was like and women, men, men and, and women, women, just ten he's bringing back. Yeah, right. So I'm sitting here like, oh hell no, I gotta be ten of them. I gotta be at least you know one of these ten people. I remember like afterwards, like our last day, they said coach wasn't supposed to let us know until like what a few weeks later if we were gonna get selected. Just pretty much giving us time to be thinking like, damn, like I hope I get selected. Right. When I was on the plane about to head back home, I got a call from somebody and, you know, they're like, yo, coach couldn't wait to tell you. He just wants to extend the invitation wow. you know, for you to come back and train to be a professional pick member. And I was like, damn, like, I think I, I like broke down and everything. Cried. Yeah, I cried. I'm like, just to see that your hard work just constantly pays, is paying off, you know? Right. And I'm like, this is just the start of something like that I can really be a huge part of and just change the game a little bit, you know? So we already know coming in as women that we're already gonna have so many people doubting us, especially, especially the guys like, you know, these girls ain't worth a damn, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna prove you wrong because you don't know how hard I work and that where my drive is, you know? It's something that you have to have within. Well, that's what it's separates that you be, from yeah. the, the elite pit crew yeah. performers and the non-elite performers. Not to mention, most sports have a personality of a position. Linebackers, we think differently. We murder, death, kill in the game. <laughs> We're in war. We just see, we attack. So, tire carriers, that's what we do. We're good at it. Pick up tires, run, two at a time, go. We're good at that. We're not good at tire changers. Meticulous. That's why you recruit your DBs, your running backs, your ones with visions, good hands who can catch everything. That's why Brandon picked up on that tire changing really quick. All right. Yeah. Really, 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 really quick. I'm waiting no, for you to get just Rocco, I'm just so, uh-uh. No, go, let's go, Bree. Come on now. Come on. I can teach you a few things. What you're going to teach me is natural. It just comes, it's like that. He's a wide receiver, so, and he's got that vision. So you can see, and that's why you guys gravitate to that very well, as well as performing under pressure. Athletes in general, low job security, you mess up, you're gone. Crew members on NASCAR, it's the same thing. Mm. When you're running up front, you have a chance to win, your mistake, you do everything right, nobody notices, until you hit eight lug nuts instead of five. Hit the fan, until right. you miss a tire, and right. guess what? You're done. You're the, you're the worst ever. But they didn't see all other nine, 10 stops that we did. Have you guys <laughs> ever messed up? More times than uh, I could count, probably. Really? Yeah, yeah that. It's a grind it's starting out. It's just a matter out. of um, messing up and moving on. Exactly. You don't get a 12 minute. You, you gotta go. Yeah, and that, that just reminds me, like, you know, sometimes, like, throughout my, um, all the years that I've been a part of NASCAR, um, like I said, like, a lot of the guys, they, they be hating, you know. They be they, hating? They, oh, they, yeah. they be hating. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't lie. they hate? Look like, what you, you're doing. But, you know what you're I'm saying? You're a female, and you're doing it better than them. We're, 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 we're women, too. and we can do the right. job, you know, right. and they can't stand and make their skin boil. You feel that? You, <laughs> that's happening? What? Yeah. Bro, look, times in practice, like, I've even experienced this, and I, I just think it's so funny. Like, times, like, you know, where I, I do good, I did good, ain't nobody praising me. Oh. Yeah, but let somebody else, you know, do, like, one good thing, and they just all over them. Yeah. You that know? comes when you have eyes on you. You know, when you're running in the back, they, nobody notices. Mm -hmm. But soon, like, when you're on a team, like, let's say a Jeff Gordon, or you're, you have a chance to win every single week, yeah, the eyes are on you, Bree. 
you got when you came in before and, and Brianna came in when y'all two were there. There's a lot of eyes on you because they wanted to see you fail. Yeah, exactly. And when you don't fail, it makes people upset because yeah. it shines a mirror up on them. So don't yeah. take that serious. Rocco, did you did, did you feel like you had more responsibility, like to help them? Early on, no. I was just trying to be the best tire carrier in the world. That's all. I was very selfish. It wasn't until I really got with Coach and he started redirecting, reprogramming, because I came in like a football player. Murder, death, kill, war. You have to maneuver this industry and this sport, which was unknown to all of us, differently. So once we taught, we're taught that, and we figured out how to work it, then I felt that responsibility and I was able to to utilize it, but at the first, it was just, I want to be better than everybody. Right. And I feel like that's kind of where y'all were. I was just like, you got something to prove. Right. Like, there weren't guys like us here. There weren't females like us here. Why is that? You know, and now that we're here and I see how good I am, I'm really mad now, because why aren't we doing this? You right. know, and then, so it changed to when you want to just spread the word. And when you're recruiting, that comes off naturally. And when, I've talked to all y'all early yeah. on, and y'all could see that, and y'all understood that. I could do this, and yeah. this is pretty damn cool. Right. You know what I'm talking about? So you're from Paris. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, grew up playing soccer. Then you came to the States. Yeah. How'd you get, to, first you had so many offers, right? Yeah. Ton, you pick West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you end up transferring, but like, how did, why did you pick West Virginia <laughs> out of all of those offers? All right, so when I uh, started getting all those offers, so I, I came on a visit, uh, I picked five schools to visit and then make a choice. What five? Louisville, Kansas University, West Virginia University, University of Miami, and Washington University. And West, I just fell in love with it. Yeah. So their women's soccer program is really big. Like compared to other women's soccer program, like they really put in the, the money. You guys were number one for, for a yeah. bit there while you were there, right? Number one team in the nation, yeah. Yeah. They had a lot of international players. The facility was just amazing. There were so many people out there. West like, Virginia? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And the fans, like, every single game was crowded. Crazy. We had fans, like, booing other teams, like, all over the team. They have, like, they had fans behind the goals of the goalkeeper from the other team, and they were just yelling at her the whole time. And it's just like, it's so fun when you're there. Right. Yeah. And then you transferred to University of Miami, mm -hmm. and that was a great experience. You guys weren't as good as West Virginia, but why yeah. did you make that move? Um, so when I was visiting, I mean, the coach were like, well, if you ever change your mind, you can just give us a call, like, to the University of Miami. And uh, I really, really hesitated between Miami and West Virginia at first. And then after... Uh, after the second season, I was like, all right, we, we did pretty well. I really want to try Miami. Like, I, I really, that. really wanted to go to Miami. Something in me was telling me to go to Miami, and I just... I, I love that. I feel like more people should do that. Like, we kind of get put, we put ourselves in boxes and say, you know, this is how I want to live my life for the next 50 years. And it's like, there's so much to experience, which brings me to you. This, he has never been to Paris, ever. Mm -hmm. You Have doing? you ever been out the country? You've been out. I mean, don't don't talk to me about the Caribbean. I haven't been to Paris either. That's I've, been, like... I've been to London, but the league made me go to London. See, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> I go to I go fishing down in the Caribbean, but yeah, man, around there, I don't the people I don't know about what? no shillings or no ruples, <laughs> uh, transition rates. No. I like old Pumpkins. good old frog skin, man. I just, frog skin. Yeah, yeah, I'm a country dude, so yeah. I'm, are we gonna we'll go to Paris? Yes, let's go, all of us. So. Well-educated women. 
we know all you well-educated women, uh, great athletes. When y'all called your parents, grandparents, whoever that support staff is, those mentors, and told them, I'm going to go be on part of a NASCAR pit crew, what was that response? Because if I called <laughs> my mom and told her that, she would think I was crazy. My dad was like, what? Girl, NASCAR? <laughs> and my brother, of course, he's like, you know, being my twin brother, he's like, oh, that's dope. You know, I'm sure you do a great job. And who knows, like, what my mom would say if she was here. She passed away when I was in um, high school. But she'd be like, girl, I know damn well you ain't about to get no damn NASCAR. <laughs> be like, mom, let me try it out, yeah. you know? We didn't jump into your background, your history, and the success enough. First this, first that. Like, I should be saying that, but it's too many firsts. All right, explain all the firsts to everybody. Yes. All the firsts? Yeah, all the, the firsts. Just the rundown? Just give us the rundown, um, all the firsts. In 2017, I became the first black woman to pit a car in a national racing series, the ARCA series. Facts. 2018 was when we did our first... Um, no, 2019. Was, was it 2019? It's 2019? Okay, yeah, so 2019 was when we did our first uh, Daytona 500 race together. We became the first female duo to pit the same cup car. You guys do good with the time. Don't don't mind me. Don't put me on the spot because you know because my if I was on if I was <laughs> on that crew we'd have been around like eleven two. Look, we for four tires. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean four tires? Yes. Oh, no, 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 like trying to play. All we yeah, all we did is like a right side. Yeah. <laughs> all we did was a four tire stops, but we were pretty nervous. Oh my gosh. It was. There's just like cameras like right here. You're like on face. the wall and they're like and I'm like. It and was then, a big deal. Then, then it was a night race, too. And then um, I remember just everybody being flooded. Y'all seeing how the pit stalls look? Yeah. You, there's already, like, a lot of people in there. There was so many people in there, and this is, like, before COVID. So um, there's literally people from the crew saying, back up, give the lady space. You know, I'm like, <laughs> damn, I can't breathe in this thing. <laughs> we already nervous talking about it, like, you know, just hoping our pit stops go well, and then... Not only do you have to do your normal job of pitting the car and making sure the driver's safe, yep. you know, driving 200 miles an hour at Daytona, you have to do it with people all in your face, not more than normal. Right. You would have thought Jeff Gordon was in their pits driving for them. Right. Being all the cameras in there and the attention. And the, once Brianna came out with the Advil commercial, in nationally yeah. televised Advil commercial, it put pit crew athletes on the map. There's been men as pit crew athletes Never. for years never been recognized because it's designed that way. You know, we're the workers, you know, we're, we're meant to be, have a, you know, stepped on in a way, you know, we're just, you know, it's all about the drivers. So for you to do that, when she came out with the commercial, nationally, everybody national started talking yeah. about pit crew guys now. Well, I mean- And she's I, a female doing that. Like, it's just unbelievable to see what you've done since 2016 when you were, you know, playing basketball, right? Uh, just keep going. It's awesome, you know? And for you, coming from Texas, right, P starting off playing baseball, transitioning to softball, and now doing what you're doing, it's phenomenal, right? And, you know, I love to hear you guys talk about, like, like I, I love to compete, right? But now I know the responsibility that I carry. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. We've talked to a number of pit crew members through the time doing I Am, you know, I am Athlete NASCAR, and they never get the recognition. It's always the drivers, the team, and all that. Always the drivers. And the the being the women, and y'all saying the cameras on y'all. We were at we were at uh, Vegas a couple months back, and there was no cameras on those guys, <laughs> but there's cameras on y'all. So it seemed like the, the the men pit crew members be a little jealous of the attention y'all get. Have y'all have y'all ever felt that? Yes, definitely. But it's like I mean, at the track though, like when the cameras are like following us around and. And the guys just looking. I'm like, now you know you be seeing this. Like, why are you acting surprised? <laughs> you know, like, fix your face. <laughs> and it's like one of those Damn. things like we didn't ask for. So yeah. like going back to like um, like how Bubba didn't ask to be the face of NASCAR or the the face of Black NASCAR. Like he didn't ask for that. He wears it well, and it's like, um, you know, we didn't. We came into this for our own opportunity, so we didn't ask for all of this attention. And while we're more than grateful, and it's like the coolest thing ever, um, it's just like something you just like have to respect at the end of the day right was right. the pit women friendly the pit women was the pit like the pit oh. was it women friendly did uh, y'all have to go a long way to the yes, bathroom did y'all have to they had to make little <laughs> outfits for y'all i'm sorry yeah yeah we're not trying when to I do get that. to attract like the first thing i do i'm like okay where's the, the closest restroom. real yeah. Yeah. restroom i got you <laughs> Media they're like the guys yeah. are like there's the porter johns anybody trying to use no porter pot it's not so easy for us because i mean everyone you walk in you're gonna see a good morning poop just sitting in there anybody trying to sit up in that mid-race you could just Put one like little zipper down and you're done. And we're like, crap, I'll just hold it till the end. Yeah, because we gotta go through a whole bunch. We gotta take everything down, hold my radio. You know, I'll be back in like 10 minutes. Like, okay, so is it getting better though? Yeah, of course, there was a difference from like in the beginning to now. Like, you know, people, uh, you know, they're looking like, you know, can can those women do that? Yeah, to now they're like, okay, they can do it, they're doing it. And there's more athletes. It's more athletes yeah. in the pits now. I got 10, 15 you. years yeah. ago, it was a few athletes with mechanics, you know, sprinkled in. And um, now, with uh, the money involved in recruiting, it is more of a jock-like feel out there. Where prior, it wasn't like that. So, you know, but you still always have that guy-female thing. And women will always compete with the men, and men always compete with the women. But when women do it better than the men, I wouldn't be surprised that they get a little mad. You know, we always educate on our show and leave people with something to take away. I mean, talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion is important. And it's a, 
It's at the forefront of our country. Women in sports, you guys have always led the way, whether it's from the WNBA and seeing what, you know, our female soccer players are doing. So I appreciate that. You lost your mom your freshman year in, in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, can you just walk us through that year and how that was for you and uh, get us to a point where we can educate people around breast cancer? It was really tough. Um, the fact that me and my brother were a freshman in high school, you know, that's like the, the year where your grades, the foundation of your grades, that it's important, you know, to get a great start and everything. And, um, you know, just that happened. I remember like before like it even happened, me and my brother, I think we were like walking home after school one day and like, you know, we just sitting there, we realized like how sick our mom is. And um, at this time it's in January, like a lot of stuff happened in January. So um, my mom had passed away January 5th, her birthday's January 26th and her birthday's January 19th. So we were just saying like, you know, we hope that mom makes it to see her birthday, you know, and she makes it to see our birthday. You know, like I said, it just got to the point where like, after school, like when she was at home, like she wasn't even saying anything, you know, she was in the bed. I would like put my stuff upstairs and then come back downstairs and um, like just sit on the couch and like do my homework beside her just so I can be near her, you know? And um, I remember just one day, like one, my mom, like all her girlfriends that came over to the house, you know, just talking to her, sharing old stories. Like, girl, remember the time when, you know, this and that happened. And then I had jumped up in the shower to do something, you just take a shower. And then my mom's like closest girlfriend came upstairs and she was like, Bree, like, you know, it's um, gonna happen soon. And, you know, I just, I just want you to be strong. And I was like, I will be, you know, just back then, you know, you know I'm just taking it a day at a time. And then I remember coming home from school one day and I was like doing like a project um, on our dining room table. And it was just me and my dad downstairs. And I think my dad had went to the bathroom and I'm sitting at the table and like where I'm sitting at the table, like over there is like where my mom's bed is. So I can see her, you know, when I look up, I can hear her, you know, breathing and everything. You know, the sound it makes like when people take like their last breaths, or like the last two deep breaths, like I heard like a difference in her breathing and I'm looking over there like, I'm like, dad, like mom's like, like doing something that's like a little weird. And he went over there, he started saying he was like, Kim, Kim. And then he turned around and was crying and was like, she stopped breathing. At this time, it was like, I want to say like four in the morning. Um, just hearing the, you know, the streets are quiet. Just hearing the ambulance truck at four in the morning, seeing those flashing lights. And I had to go upstairs and tell my brother, wake him up out of his sleep. At the time we were 14 and I was like, mom died, like she passed away. And he was like, no, stop lying. Like, this is a dream. And I'm like, it's not a dream. Like, I'm telling you, she stopped breathing. And um, just, it was a tough time for us both. And I remember um, us having to like step outside when they came in to like get her body. And um, it was a real hard time. But like at that time, like I know my mom, like she always seen me like doing something like real great in the world. You know, one day she's like, baby girl, you're going to be a star one day, you know, just. So like I use that as her passing away as motivation. Cause at the time too, like I had stopped doing my schoolwork for a little bit just because I wasn't there mentally. And um, I remember like, I played basketball at in high school at the time too. And me and my teammates, um, we became sisters. Yeah, you guys went 22 and 0. We became 22 and 0 in the regular season. <laughs> right. Even one game, we were down at like 20 points at halftime. And my coach was like, you know, he threw that clipboard 
he was like, oh, hell no. Nah. He was like, he was like, now, this is not how y'all play. He said, now, we're going to do this, you know, for Brianna's mom. We're going to do this for Kim. And he was like, y'all going to come back, and y'all going to win this game by one point. He was like, mark my words. Wow. And we came back and won that game by one point. Wow. Everybody came together and played as a unit, as a team. Everything else we were doing in that first half just out the window. So she was here today. What would she say to all of us, like, what would be her message? Just keep spreading positivity. Just keep doing what y'all doing. Y'all doing a great job. And uh, for me, baby girl, I'm so proud of you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.